Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Folks, there is a lot of news out of the Saints organization, and here to talk to us about it is Mike Haas, voice of the New Orleans Saints. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you, Noel. How are you? Mike, it's been quiet for a long time. Over, uh, over at Saints training facility in the last five days. Um, there's a new announcement almost every day. Offensive coordinator Clint Kubiak is uh, on board. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would say that probably behind the scenes it hasn't been so quiet. You know, you, with him being in the Super Bowl and, and doing all of that, you couldn't name him. You couldn't allow him to name his running backs, wide receivers, all the fine. So, I think all of this has kind of been in motion. Kubiak interviewed, you know, twice early, and some would say maybe was the front runner. So yeah, you're right. As soon as it could be kind of official, yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty fast and furious because other teams, you know, there are 30 teams that were not in this, uh, you know, the final the final game. So they've had somewhat of a uh, they could be doing some things, some things, not a lot. Uh, but the Saints had to wait, of course, until the game was over. Right. Your thoughts about Kubiak? I think it's interesting. I think, you know, certainly, you know, youth and and kind of his offensive philosophy, I, I, just looking at some of the numbers, what stuck out to me is that San Francisco was first in red zone touchdowns, 67.2%. They were fourth in the NFL on third down percentage, and Purdy threw about 70%. So, those three areas, if you think about third down, red zone touchdown, and where this team struggled at times, and just the ability to kind of grow a, a rookie quarterback in a party and still get 70% with 21 touchdowns and only 11 picks, you're going to flip that in, into a veteran who can probably handle a lot more. The question is who is going to be around uh, Derek Carr? Because clearly San Francisco has got some outstanding uh skill positions for sort of the Saints. The question is, can, can they make that next jump, if you will? So then right on the heels of that, they announce Andrew Janoco as the quarterback's coach. I guess these are all folks that um, I guess Clint Kubiak, you know, is, is kind of pulling together, right? Right. So some of these guys, so, I mean, when the, when the Saints fired uh, Carmichael back in January, as well as Cody Burns, and Bob Bicknell, then you kind of knew that it was going to be the new offensive coordinator's job 
to kind of put the people around him. So, and then since that time, they lost Kevin Carberry, Ronald Curry, uh, running backs Joel Thomas, Doug Marone, uh, either of their own volition or you know by way of the team. So you kind of knew that they that the Saints were setting the stage to okay, we're going to have a, somewhat of a of a clean slate for for Kubiak to bring in who he wants to bring in. Uh, not in all situations. Some guys decided, you know, I'm not going to take the chance. Maybe, you know, took a, a job, you know, that might be horizontal. Uh, but yeah, that's that, that's fairly typical to kind of clear the deck a little bit to so that uh, Kubiak doesn't come in and go, well, you know, uh, I, you know, I, I didn't pick these guys. These are my guys. Kind of like Dennis after his first year. I think in his second year he was like, I'm going with my guys. Right, you know that 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 interim year after Sean, you know, was not. I don't think the staff that he probably would have put together, uh, totally. And so I feel like, you know, you you got to bring your people and have your people around you, and I think that's what they're allowing Clint to do as well. Yeah, absolutely. And they they, I think they worked together at Minnesota, if my memory serves me correct. Yes, uh, he was in Minnesota. He worked at Denver twice. He coached at A and M. Now he's younger than Dennis Allen. He's only thirty six. He's thirty six, dude. I mean, <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just getting older. But he's 36. a baby. <laughs> yeah, good gosh. Uh, and so yeah, he, he coached some in college, but he spent ten of his fourteen years uh, in the NFL, bouncing around uh, Denver, Minnesota, Denver twice. Um, yeah, so you know, he's had you know. Kirk Cousins, he's had you know Justin Jefferson, um, but yeah, I think I think there's a there's always I would suspect a certain familiarity or trust in that head coach, uh, offensive coordinator when you're not calling the plays, right? Kyle Shanahan was calling the plays, and and right. and Clinton Kubiak was the passing game coordinator. So there's, there's a difference there. In Dennis's situation, he's calling the defensive plays, so they're they're. It does not surprise me that there is a level of familiarity and trust in that in that OC and Kubiak. Now, one of the, one of the ones that kind of piqued my curiosity was the hiring, uh, or I guess they have complete they've got him on as uh, Rick Dennison as the run game coordinator. Yeah, and then and then they have Derek Foster as uh, the running game, running backs coach. As the running backs I mean, coach, right? I think. Yeah, I mean. They're titles, right? I mean, this team needs to run the ball better, right? And uh, you know, in some cases, you can't move horizontally. You have to have you have to be promoted, and so you know, they're titles. I, but I think it to me, what it says is this team is doing everything it can to be a more productive uh, run team because uh, when they've had their best years uh, throughout the last 20 it's when they've run the ball well and they have not run the ball well and so that's to me what it's what it's more you I mean you've got an offensive coordinator you've got a game coordinator you've got a quarterbacks coach i mean right so they're they're all working on the same thing but you know kind of different specialities if you will mike if you would i think a lot of people you know um i guess the saints have the every game every team has the necessity to run the ball some more than other because of the style of the quarterback and and folks have asked me and I don't really know the answer to the question is Derek Carr your uh, an RPO style quarterback probably not 
I mean, he, you know, because there's not that that real threat to run, right? He can run the RPO yeah. and he can run that offense, but when you don't really have that threat to run, uh, not that he can't, um, you know, Drew Brees could have run the RPO, but we pretty much knew Drew wasn't going to run the ball, so you kind of take one of those factors out. Uh, Taysom can clearly run run the RPO, and there are others uh, back there. You know, to me, you got to that's that is where you began that conversation of our my quarterback do it. Well, there's a difference between can he do it and is it the smartest thing to do for this offense? I think I think this offense has run the ball well without really having the RPO, unless you're talking about Taysom, um, you know, in, in 11 and 13 and in nine, those years when they've ran the ball really well, they weren't running RPO, man. They were just, you know, running Alvin up the middle, out wide, getting him in space. You know, the question is, what you know, what is Alvin – you know what is the 2024 version of Allen of Alvin, given that he's he's healthy and that he's he's there the, the whole time. I just feel like the running game has to be more productive, and that kind of starts up front as well. You know, a lot of the changes that have been made have been along the offensive line, and you're you know you've got number one draft picks except for a, a second rounder uh, that are there, some aging, some coming off you know some some knee questions. Begins, and I think this would would say that did not play as well in the trenches as it needed to to run the ball well or stop the run on on defense, and so that's where I feel it begins. You know, can what what happens with Trevor Penning? This is the most important offseason of his career, um, and what happens with you know Andres Pete? Is he going to be allowed left out? There's a lot of things out there. Who are the run stoppers on defense? I, I just feel in the trenches is going to be from a free agency draft situation and, and really maybe from a philosophical foundation where this team begins with. We are going to be better in the trenches. But everything else will fall into place if we're better in the trenches on both sides. Well, and I guess, it you know, one of the reasons I asked the question is it kind of highlights the the importance of this being able to run vertical, right, and and – I guess their focus with a run game coordinator, running backs coach, these are all titles, but you got it seems as though you have more people focused on running the ball and running it effectively and efficiently because you don't really have that threat of a running quarterback. Right. You're gonna have to do it with, with what you got. And and that's never really been a problem. The Saints have not had a running quarterback. Uh, in a sense, I mean, you had those games with Jameis, but even at that point in, in Jameis's career, he was not, you know, he could run, but he wasn't like a, a run first guy. Uh, but yeah, they 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 have always been able to run vertically, and quite frankly, in the NFL in this day and time, it is so much harder to run on the edges than it ever has before. You have what they'll call linebackers. Uh, you know, like a Micah Parsons. I mean, the speed on the outside of NFL defenses, to me, and this is me, uh, makes it so much harder to run outside. You've got to get out on that edge so much faster. So I'm not saying you can't do it. You can't make a living doing it, I don't think. It's not a because there's too much speed on defense now, especially on the outside. You've got to be able to run between the tackles and then – 
you know, throw in some some some, some counter to the outside or some, uh, some some zone outside zone read stuff like that. But this team has made its bones running inside, whether it's you know Alvin Ingram, you name it. And so it feels like the people are there, right? Uh, just need to kind of put it put it together. But but then I go back to it begins up front with your offensive line. Or maybe it's you know to, to me also you have Derek you know Derek Carr can be somewhat like Drew in that a four yard pass is just as effective as a four yard run on first down and this team needs to do better on first down right you cannot get behind the sticks and you get four yards in a pass as Drew did uh, is just as effective as a four yard run by Alvin or Jamal Williams. You know it's and and you talk about speed on the outside and um, on on the edges it's amazing to me how many tackles are made uh from the opposite side of the field of where the ball's being run by linebackers right, that literally yeah. cross you know two-thirds of the field to make the tackle i mean yeah. and you see that I, I think what, more and yeah. more every season you i have i, I the, the speed of which defenders and I'm talking mostly linebackers or what we'll call edge rushers, defensive ends who they they're linebackers, but they line up on the edge. And to me, the difference is when, when you, when you're unsuccessful in those plays, they're not, we only gain two. They're typically tackles for a loss. They're typically minus two, minus three because of the speed on the outside, either backside or just speed. So they don't just hurt you. They, really hurt you as they they end up being tackles for a loss and and not a gain. So you got to be got to be smart. You can do it. You got to have the right guys to do it. You got to have the right plays. You got to have the right alignment and a quarterback that can see what that alignment is. But you're right. I mean the man the, the speed, the backside speed is is more uh, prevalent in the NFL than than I think ever. Yeah. I, I, I love I love seeing it happen. I mean, it's just, you know. It's, I like it when it's our it, guys. Yeah, when it's our guys, exactly. Not when it happens to us, when we're doing, no. when we're doing it to someone else. Exactly. So, um, I think it was yesterday, um, the Saints announced the possibility of moving training camp. Um, what are you hearing? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, Jeff Duncan wrote the article, and it's been kind of because we knew they were working and doing construction work, renovation work on the cafeteria and the, which is adjacent to the indoor facility. And so I know that seems kind of minor and we had heard at one point they were ahead of schedule, but not really sure where that stands, but I know this and uh, every NFL head coach wants to take their team somewhere else, not because they don't love Metairie and, and the ability to practice in the heat and the indoors and the flexibility they want those teams, these 90 guys, to be with them football all the time. Sean would say that unequivocally, right? I mean, now you can't do now what you did back in, you know, the 80s and 90s with lacrosse with two-a-days and nighttime meetings. I mean, the CBA doesn't, doesn't permit as much anymore, but still – as a head coach, you got them. You got 90 guys who ain't going nowhere, who don't have wives and families and the, the challenges of, of home to deal with. You have them. And I think every coach, you know, would, would take that. And the ability, if it is Irvine, 
you have a lot of things in your, in your favor. You know, it's it's the weather's fine. You've got a lot of teams to practice with out there, Rams, Chargers, Cowboys, uh, that if you wanted to do. And I, I think and this is just me again. I really think the Costa Mesa trip last year was so successful. I've done a ton of these uh, where they bring in, you know, you go practice for the team for two days. That was the most well-run, efficient two days of work with the Chargers prior to that to the game. That I just think that they went, man, this this is nice. We can get some real work done. Not looking at the skies and thunderstorms. Not having to go inside. Not having to deal with the heat. Uh, so again, it's no, nothing's official, but it, it wouldn't surprise me uh, in the least if if they ended up. Uh, somewhere in California, in Cal Irvine, you know. But it makes sense in another way, too, does it not, when you have so many new coaches coming in? I mean, you know, the Saints have not had this happen in a long time. Um, yeah, but that's You, you know, you've that, had these kind of one-offs, but you got a whole new offensive staff yeah, coming same thing. in. So, right. You, yeah. you would have, you would have if, if the coaching staff had stayed the same, you would still want this. That's, that's, yeah. that's, that's a land yap benefit, and you'll take it, right? You'll take it. It's about bonding coaches, bonding uh, with with new players, especially in key positions offensively. You want them together uh, all the time, and, that, and that's what a trip, one of these trips uh, affords you. Uh, Sean did it all the time, you know, when they would go to – play in london you know they would go from carolina they wouldn't come home they would go carolina straight to london i mean it was about these these moments seattle he would often go early to seattle stay late uh it's about the ability to keep the team as together as you can uh at the most important time and there's no cuts it's 90 guys uh i just you know i feel like every coach would try if they could uh, you know, to, to, to have that, to make that, to make that work. And we'll, we'll see if it does. It's been a while. Believe me, uh, I spent basically a month out of my life for 12 years in lacrosse. So it was very productive just because you had a lot of teams up there uh, that you could practice against. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a, it's a not really unique. If you think about it, look at all the teams that, that aren't at home. Right. Uh, so there's, there's a reason for that. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see, and it's not a cheap proposition either. I mean, you're no, basically but I, you know, I I think, and I I don't think this gets probably said enough, and that there was a time maybe when the Saints were thought of as a frugal franchise. Those days are so long gone. Uh, Sean Payton, Mickey Loomis, Dennis Lausha, they are the exact opposite of Fugel. Uh, they stay, you know, they, they, they cater uh, to their players on the road. They, you know, they spend money on free agency. They spend money on the, the best of things. And so, um, yeah, it, it won't be uh, inexpensive. But, you know, when, when, when Hurricane Ida hit, the Saints went and stayed at the four seasons for a month. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I can't I would love to somehow guess at how many commas would be in that bill because it was family, <laughs> too. You know what I mean? It was. And so that was, you know, we'll, we'll, this team is not frugal. This team will spend where it feels like it needs to spend. Now, for sure. Be interesting. A lot of changes, a lot of uh, excitement uh, around this. Uh, obviously, the fans were calling for it and it happened. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a whole lot of surprise. Once you once you once you start the domino at the top with Pete Carmichael, who we will see in Denver, you know, here, uh, I think you, you know that that in that basically means four or five positions right off the bat because you're we're bringing yep. in a new OC. Be interesting to see. We will be we will be checking back with you for sure, Mike Haas, voice of the New Orleans Saints. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great weekend, my friend. Thank you, Noah. Anytime. Alrighty, we'll be right back. Stay with us. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, folks. So a little over a year ago, Avondale Global Gateway uh, was formed. It's the former Avondale Shipyard. And they're hosting a job fair, uh, which provides an on-site opportunity for folks to speak with recruiters and potentially become part of shaping the economic future of the West Bank. And today we have the director of uh, HR for T. Parker host, Kara Wernicke, uh, joining the show to give us more details about the job fair. Uh, Kara, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. So uh, this job fair will take place when? It is at the end of the month, so February 29th, which is Leap Day. Um, people can, folks can leap into a new career at Avondale. It's going to be at our Avondale facility, which is about 20 minutes southwest of, of New Orleans downtown um, on that Thursday. So Thursday, February 29th from 3 to 6 p.m., and I think the address is, what, 5100 River Road, right? That's correct. I was looking at the positions that are available. I mean, they are incredibly diverse. Tell us about them. Sure thing. So we are looking for folks for our operations on the marine side, so forklift operators, crane operators, 
um, individuals that can operate um, heavy machinery, uh, ideally folks that can that come with prior experience operating forklifts. Um, however, we do train on the spot as well or on the job. Um, on the maintenance side, we're looking for mechanics and electricians that can maintain this heavy machinery that we do have at the terminal. Um, but then you can move into our customer service um, side of the house. Uh, we're looking for customer service reps. Um, we're also looking for um, team leads um, to uh, foremen and team leads um, on the operations side, as well as some enterprise-wide function positions, including business development and finance. So is there anything that potential candidates should do to prepare for the job fair? Sure. So, you know, a resume is always a good thing to, to come with, but it's not required. Um, so, you know, so long as you're confident to kind of ma- make your pitch about your, your skills, experience, and what you're seeking um, in your new employer um, to recruiters and hiring managers, you know, that's, that's most important. Just come, come and get ready to talk and mingle. And uh, obviously, skills are needed, uh, specific skills are needed for some of these jobs and maybe educational requirements. Uh, What else would they expect in the interview process? So certain positions will will require a skills assessment. So for forklift operators and crane operators, we do require that um, part of the interview is coming in, um, coming onto the property and actually operating the equipment. Um, but otherwise, it's, you know, a conversation with um, the recruiter that could be over the phone or in person at the job fair. Um, it's an interview with the hiring manager or a panel of, of interview um, hiring managers. And, um, yeah, we like, to, we like to keep the process pretty straightforward, pretty short as much as possible. We recognize it's, a, it's, a, it's you know, our time, but also the, the job seeker's time as well. So, um it's, it's, it's pretty pretty efficient. Are there things unique uh, about Avondale Global Gateway that folks might want to consider, uh, you know, as kind of tipping the scales your way as to why they want to work with you guys? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you, Avondale is a quite unique facility, but also T. Parker Host is as well. Um, I, I want to just share that our chairman and CEO, Adam Anderson, you know, he joined the company many, many years ago as a boarding agent. Um, which is one of our entry-level positions on the agency side of our business. And he really rose through the ranks um, and is now our, our CEO running T. Parker Host and Host Terminals and all the other divisions. So it's a really fascinating um, mid-sized company where you really can kind of choose your path and, you know, come with the skills and come with a desire to learn and be challenged and to be pushed, um, and you really can go anywhere. Um, and that's a true testament to his story. But we also have several, um, many people at Avondale that can speak to the same thing, that where they've come in on a more entry-level role and are, are now running and managing teams. So February 29th, uh, 3 o'clock to 6 o'clock, 5100 River Road, Avondale Global Gateway. Is there some, is there a number or a website that folks can go to that want to explore or or investigate more about these opportunities? Yeah, absolutely. So they can visit our website at tparkerhost.com to learn more about the specific job opportunities that are available today. Um, but, you know, it's also a great opportunity to come to the um, come to the event and learn about Avondale Global Gateway. Uh, maybe you're not looking for a new job right now, but you may in the future or you have 
friends or family that are out there looking for opportunities and they can't make make it to the event, um, we just encourage everyone um, from all walks of life to come and visit um, and, and, you know, get to meet us and we get to talk with you guys. Thank you so much, Kara, uh, for joining us. Best of luck on the job fair again, February 29th. 3 to 6 out there at 5100 River Road, Avondale Global Gateway. You can check at www.tparkerhost.com for more information. Have a great weekend. Thank you. That's Kara Warnicke, Human Resource Director at T. Parker Host out at the Avondale Global Gateway facility. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. So I got a number of texts about uh, not giving James an opportunity to get out everything that he was trying to get out. We were up against a deadline. I apologize to James. That's not what I intended to do. Um, And folks are texting in saying, geez, Newell, everyone knows that Trump's team is trying to gum up this trial. That's what defendants do, folks. It's an adversarial environment, right? That's how our system is set up. So you're attacking on both sides. You can't lie to the forum, but you attack nonetheless. You do on beha- a lot of things on behalf of your client in the best interest of your client. The DA does that. The defense lawyer does that. That's the nature of the beast. Obviously, the independent arbiter, in this case the judge, thought that there was something to this because there were pretrial motions that were filed on both sides and he allowed this proceeding to take place and hearing to take place about whether or not Fannie Willis should testify. Now, during the course of the hearing, Fannie Willis's lawyers, the the DA, the prosecution, were fighting the subpoena that was issued for Fannie Willis. She voluntarily walked into court and said, I'm taking a stand. Why? I think she heard Nathan Wade's testimony that was pretty damaging to her. And, you know, it, and as a result of that, she thought that maybe she could take the stand and clear the air. Defend her integrity. Defend her conduct in having a relationship with Nathan Wade and what I said then and I'll say again now she in my it's my opinion she failed she failed miserably I think it was a critical error for her to take that stand Mr. Coleman 
Uh, I mean, Nathan Wade is would testify to what he was going to testify to, his best recollection of the nature of the relationship, what was doing this, that, in other words. And she tried to just draw a distinction between the way that a male views the relationship as opposed to a female. Because there are some time-sensitive dates that could, could, not necessarily will, but could make a difference as the judge evaluates the credibility of all of these witnesses and the credibility of the prosecution in and of itself because there were some financial entanglements that they voluntarily entered into that they voluntarily did not reveal to the court that could potentially impact the credibility of the prosecution. They voluntarily, Ms. Willis and, and Mr. Wade, engaged in this conduct. No one else. And it's up to the judges to decide one way or another whether or not that impacted the rights of the defendant, whether it would be Donald Trump or anybody else. And I know it's hard to emotionally detach ourselves from this issue for those that that are uh, either pro-Trump, anti-Trump, or in the middle. It doesn't matter. But that's what's happening at the present time. The fact that one case, the overall case might be more severe, as, it, as some people are saying, that are in, would impair democracy in the United States, and that conduct, you don't... If that conduct is violative of what um, the defendants say it is, it doesn't matter which one's more severe. It doesn't matter. There's a, a doctrine out there, fruit of the poisonous tree. It doesn't matter where that falls. I mean, if the if if you don't get the evidence in the right way or the evidence is presented in the wrong way or you're not being honest to the forum, the court, uh, a lot of things, there are a lot of downstream implications that could happen as a result thereof. And just because the ultimate case is more egregious than, than that intermediary conduct, so to speak, it doesn't matter. That's the way the system is set up. And that was the only point that, that we were, were trying uh, to make on, on this case. Got it. Got it. Now the text. Nice attempt at grasping, Newell. You're losing your. Cre- I'm not losing credibility. These are opinions about this. I mean, it, it. It's not a question of credibility on my part. I just don't believe that she did herself any justice yesterday by taking the stand. I think she complicated the case uh, more than it needed to be complicated already. And she was trying to grasp at straws to try and draw distinctions where there are none. Where there are none. If you wanted to make sure that this relationship and the fact that you're paying someone from your office and he is spending money on you as a, re- as a, a result of a romantic relationship and you wanted to make sure that everything is on the up and up, 
you do not reimburse him with cash. Why? Because you cannot prove from a documentary standpoint that you have given him the cash. If you pay by check, there's evidence. If you Venmo the money, there's evidence. If you cash app the money, there's evidence. If you pay for it on the front end with your own credit card, there's evidence. But when you decide to pay in cash, you have no way other than your spoken word and you're just putting yourself at the mercy of the court or the jury to assess your credibility because you can bring no documentary evidence of what you claim to have done. Now, you tell me, as a DA, what would you expect the DA to do in that case? Because the DA is a sophisticated individual. Supposed to be anyway, right? And understands the presentation of evidence in court and understands the downstream implications the same. What would you expect that individual to do? Well, if everything was on the up and up and you weren't trying to hide anything, you would want to document it, document it, document it, so no one could ever impugn your credibility, ever. And when you take the stand and you say, yes, that trip cost 6000 and here's my check to Mr. Wade for $3,000, and he negotiated that check on such and such day by depositing that check into his bank account. End of the story. No issue. Nothing there. But does anyone really believe that Fannie Willis really wanted this relationship to be known? And what's the best way to keep it covert? If there's no evidence of anything that's going on, he was charging on his corporate credit card, and she was allegedly paying him back in cash. If you believe what she has to say, that she paid back in cash, um, you know, I, when I would be assessing that evidence, I'd say that's less than what I would expect a DA to do. Because a DA is a sophisticated individual in dealing with evidentiary matters. Matters. And I would probably be less likely to believe her for that very reason, which is why I render the opinion here today, I don't believe her. I think she hurt herself, she hurt her case. And I think if you lined up 10 lawyers, right, you know, and asked them the question, eight of the 10 are going to tell you, failed miserably. You're a sophisticated individual. You understand evidentiary matters. You understand the code of conduct, you understand the ethics um, uh, here, you are an officer of the court, you're supposed to know better. So when you're assessing people's credibility, that's the process that you end up going through, and I think that she's not going to uh, have a situation that it's going to fare very well for her. Enough said on that, so we will be right back. Scoots up next. We'll check in with him when we return.
It is free-for-all Friday, and Scoot joins us. What do we have coming up, Scoot? Well, we'll talk about uh, one in three Republicans believe the conspiracy that Taylor Swift is a pawn being used by the Democrats. Also, only a third are confident of Biden's mental and physical stamina. Nearly half believe that he... uh, he could be replaced, according to uh, to a new poll. So we'll talk about that. Also, you know, some people are upset with this. Um, can can you picture prayer candles? You know, there's that place in the in the grocery store where they've got the prayer candles. You have, Jesus is on the candle. It's kind mm-hmm. of a tall candle. Can you picture that? Can 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 I picture me yeah, and can, see it? Yeah. Yeah. Can you picture that? Okay. Well, now they've got uh, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey prayer candles, and <laughs> some people think it's a little crazy. <laughs> It's Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey on the prayer candles. I'm not sure I've ever had anyone praying for my relationships. <laughs> I think you think anyone prayed for yours? I, no, no, I don't know. Anyway, we'll 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 talk about that uh, on the show later today. Have a great weekend, Noel. You too, my friend. Scoots up next, folks. Stay tuned. It's got a great lineup coming your way. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday morning. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 